0: Hello and welcome to the Stuck Brain Podcast, all things mental health with a different approach. We look at the research, but we also discuss real life experiences. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Stuck Brain Podcast. My name is Eric. I am your host for the day. Today we have a guest named Dave Dubois. He is a meditation teacher, a psychedelic guide. And an integration coach. You can find out more about Dave at his website, which is radicalbalance.net. Now, he is helping me set up my own meditation practice. We are going to go over the small things that stop most of us from meditating. And we know through research, meditation is really beneficial for almost everybody. So, this is important to me and it's important to mental health in general. We are on episode four of an eight part series. If you're now joining us and you haven't listened to episode one, two, or three, please listen to those first before continuing with this episode. With that being said, on to the next episode.
1: Good morning, Eric. It's great to be back with you. Things are well. How are things going with you and your meditation practice?
0: Not bad. So let's go over this last week. So in our previous episode, we added quite a few things to this meditation. We made it a little bit longer, Yep. right? I was supposed to go up either one minute or two minutes and then add a minute or two after that. Then we added counting with the breath. We added zoning in. What would you call that? What what term can we use to call that?
1: Zoning in is is pretty good, actually. I I was calling that a four-step process for finding your focus, but yours sounds a bit more succinct. Okay. Yeah. Zoning in on the sensations of breathing is what you were working on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one was labeling. Yes, Labeling what I'm thinking. So the way I did it is I first started, I went up two minutes. So I went from five to seven. And then on that app, I didn't realize when I was redoing that, there's a cool little warm up timer. So oh. I set that for about a minute which was nice. So I put my phone down, put the start, and then I knew I had a minute to kind of decompress and go through my checklist and all that. And then it started. Seven minutes was great. And then I, I only started with the counting of the breath. One, one, two, two, inhale, exhale. I did notice with that, sometimes I would lose count and have to restart over, yeah. or I would get up to like 13, 14. I'd be like, oh, I was supposed to restart over, over at 10. 10. That's almost, that's one of the funnier ones, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm on 15. Wait, I was supposed to restart at one. And then I'd restart over. And that, that was helpful. The zoning one I added a couple days later where you kind of, you know, look at the room being as one zone and then you go to your body and then all the way zone in all the way to the nose. Honestly, I thought that one was going to be super helpful because I'm a visual person, but for some reason it didn't really push the needle a lot for me. Uh The zoning. Okay. And then the last thing I added the last couple of days is I added the labeling thinking, which I liked. I like that one. And then I increased it by one more minute. So I'm up I'm at eight minutes total. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how's how's eight minutes feeling to you? Good. I I think I wanna stay there because I was starting to have thoughts of is this over yet? Where five minutes remember I was like, oh, I was just getting into it, and now I'm stopping. This one feels good, so I, I, I feel like we should stay here. But yeah. once again, I'm going to ask your advice. So let's let's go. What can we pull away from all this?
1: Well, around timing, I think leaving it at 8 for right now sounds really good. If you're running up against those, ooh, this feels longer than I want to be here, I'm ready to get up and do something else, those are great impulses to be working with in the practice. And so I, I would leave it at 8 for this coming week, timing-wise. Okay
0: perfect perfect that feels right to me that feels good
1: good your regularity has been daily that's continued over the last week
0: yes the only day i almost forgot was today actually uh-huh. i got up late and then i was like wait i'm meeting with dave i got to i got to make sure i meditate cuz usually i'm up before everybody else this is the first time i had to do it while everybody else was getting up and that that was a whole different ball of wax you know yeah. i had the kids in the background i had cats running around the house. So it, it took a little bit more willpower to keep yeah. them in back. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about what your experience
1: was like that was different with them. I mean, I can imagine, but tell me some of the things you were noticing both before and during and maybe after the practice.
0: Yeah. So because there was other people there, you know, you, sounds were bringing me out like, oh, what are they doing? And then... Sometimes I could see them come in the, not see them, but feel them in the living room. And I'm like, oh, they're staring at me. And then I'd have those thoughts. Here's dad sitting up against the wall, you know, with his eyes closed. And it, so that would kind of give me giggles. Like, I wonder what they're thinking. yeah They were pretty good though, because they know I'm trying to meditate. So they gave me my space as much as they could, which was nice. But yeah, I brought up all that kind of stuff. Like, I wonder what I look like from outside Do I look funny? Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of thing.
1: That's great. That's, it's an interesting experience to have the family and the people in the room. And also the fact that it sounds like it was pretty, pretty respectful of your practice at the same time. That sounds pretty nice.
0: Yes, that actually, you're very, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. They were very respectful of it. Like they knew, oh, dad's doing his thing. I'll, I'll try to give him space. Yeah. Kind of thing. It kind of occurs
1: to me as a beautiful image or beautiful thought just even of children witnessing their parents meditating in the same space it's, it's a good demonstration of of wellness and self-care
0: you know yeah and i didn't thank you for bringing that up i didn't think about that because i'm modeling positive behavior to them yeah right? so hopefully they will take on this kind of stuff meditation or just you know self-care practices in general which we tend to not favor in the united states it's like just work 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 Right. Don't worry about yourself until later.
1: Yeah. And not to dwell on, on just this one point, but it also, there's something beautiful about the fact that it just so happens you don't have a separate space to do this practice at the moment. So the fact that it was just out in the open amongst your family is also kind of beautiful. It's like there's nothing mystical or unusual about meditation. And often the reason you might go do it in another room is just for quiet and not being disrupted. But it's also nice to have it in a certain way. It's just it's a little integrated into your home and your family the way that that played out this morning. So I just find something worth mentioning about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't think about that side of it. Yeah. So what do we do next? Well, there's another Part of your practice, I'm
1: curious about hearing about just checking in as we are at the beginning of the week. What has your intention been like as you've been relating to your intention at the beginning of practice? Are you still, before even settling into the posture and maybe as part of your letting go of things that you don't need to be thinking about right now, and then turning your attention to your intention? What has your intention and motivation been like over
0: the last week? I'm actually glad you brought that up because I haven't really set an intention or that part's been lacking. So I'm really glad that you had the insight to bring that up. I would say over the last couple of days, it was more like, oh, I got to do this type feeling. Yeah. Right. Which afterwards, after I do it, I do feel slightly more relaxed and, and calmer. But yeah, I haven't put a lot of thought in it ahead of time. Like I did in the beginning, I thought I, uh, you know, I spent more time on intention. So yeah, let's talk about that. How can I help kind of set that? What would be a good way to start? Yeah. It's valuable
1: to notice as you already have that a really normal part of the beginning stages of practice involve old patterns, kind of trying to take over and reclaim what what's going on and what you're doing right now it sounds like it fell into the category of another thing to do and it may feel good like exercise and i have the experience often of feeling like i've never regretted going for a run cuz i always felt good after it even if i had to psych myself up to do that but for it to become one more task one more part of your long list of to-dos in the day is a risk that you can, you can kind of recover some of the meaning of that and keep it from becoming stale in that way. I think one of the ways that meditation practice becomes something that falls off or that people don't stick with involves a subconscious drifting towards a a task or a rote thing that you have to do. And so I think one of the first most important things is to recheck in with why are you doing this in the first place? Why are why did you decide to reboot your meditation practice? And what are the, the benefits that you expect to see or are trying to work with? And not at not so much at the level of I expect my experience to be like this or I expect my practice to be like this, but reminding yourself that you have a strong, powerful, clear human mind. That is one of your inheritances as a human. And there's a way to to exercise that, to keep that sharp, to work against a lot of the momentum of distraction and non-presence that exists in our culture that, contributes to the mental health crisis that's happening globally right now and to remind yourself that you are taking this time and you have the good fortune of taking this time to just work on bringing out those natural qualities of your human being and so that would be one one way of just turning towards that for just a few moments at the beginning of your
0: practice okay okay Now, do you recommend like a mantra, like boiling it down to a couple words, or do you recommend just kind of thinking about that as a general picture? Does that make sense? That's a good question.
1: It does make sense. I think you could do it either way. As I think about how I relate to intention, I tend to kind of think through it and feel through it for, for maybe a minute. And one of the things that that allows is it, keeps it fresh each time i do it i think that if i condensed it into like an aspirational verse or a mantra or something like that it would run the risk of like anything else becoming a little bit more easily stale over time whereas if you're checking in with it each morning thinking about the very thing that you need to remember and the very thing that you need to hear that morning, it can have more weight and more power and more freshness to it. Just this morning, I was thinking about how one of the things that, I'm, that I was noticing and working with in my meditation practice this morning is how the gray weather tends to, to bring down my mood and, and mute my senses. And I have a little bit of a depressive reaction to that. And I was reminding myself this morning that one of the things that I'm doing is practicing with the mind that is present and bright and aware, independent of whether it's bright or dark or clear or cloudy outside. And that reminder was particularly attuned to my circumstance this morning. And so it was important and it worked well for me versus just focusing on some other
0: aspect of the practice. Is that helpful? Yeah. It is. What I feel like you're kind of saying is that a mantra would not necessarily bring you present, right? Where your thing organically came up, like, oh, this gray weather. I see that more as being present than if I just said a mantra every time, it would become stale and it wouldn't apply to what's going on in my life at that moment.
1: Yeah. It's not that a mantra always becomes stale. It's not that there's anything wrong with a mantra. The if you look at the etymology of the word mantra, it really means mind protection. It's a way of protecting the mind. And that could be useful in this particular circumstance. But I'm also suggesting that keeping it fresh every day has its own reward
0: and benefit. Okay. So I know we're kind of split in hairs, but I want to really dial into this. So if I sat down, maybe that first minute you know, on my timer, I could use to kind of go, why am I doing this today? Right. What's coming up today for me? And then see kind of what's popping up. Is that kind of what you're meaning? Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: And if you wanted to give it a general category at the beginning that you are thinking around, the ongoing challenge that you're experiencing of dropping into the feelings and the actual sensations and distinguishing them from all of the other things that are going on in your experience. That's a great motivation in and of itself to be able to connect with the world of feelings below the world of thinking that, that our jobs and lives and culture seems to demand of us all the time. That in and of itself, just uncovering this other part of your knowing and your experience as a human is a great motivation, especially at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Cause it I mean, ultimately, the reason why I think I'm meditating, A, I know the research and I know it's good. I think personally my motivation is to be more connected to that part of me, that feeling part of me, and get myself out of my thinking brain. Like you said, all our apps, everything we use is all cognitive. It's all in the brain, all in that cerebral thinking part of our our personality and who we are. And so getting a break from that and being able to tr- transition into just feeling and being for several minutes, I think is kind of one of the motivators for me yeah. now that I'm thinking about it and trying to bring it forward. And I'm sure that will change as I go on, right? Usually that, I would assume that evolves over time, your, your
1: motivation. I think it can deepen and a lot can be added to it. And I also think what you just articulated is a, is a really excellent motivation.
0: So for this week, let's kind of recap. I'm going to stay at eight minutes because that seems to be spot on. That's right. Now, is there a possibility I could outgrow that? Oh, yeah. Like I get to eight minutes and then I'm like, ah, this is now like what it was feeling at five. Do you see that happen? I would expect that. Yes. Okay. So, but right now I'm going to pay attention to that because I do feel like eight is pretty good. So I'm going to stay with eight. Do you still want me to continue to do the counting of the breath and... The labeling and and the other one i would
1: like so it's first of all it sounds like the zoning in the four step one is not working all that well and i encourage you to drop that if it's not working all that well okay the breath counting additionally i think that's only as useful as you find it useful if it helps in the way of giving your mind a small task that helps you stay a little bit more attentive to your the object of your meditation i think that that's that's great. And if, if you feel like it's no longer providing benefit, you can let that one go as well. Okay. The labeling I would encourage you to stick with for a while because it takes a long time. I think each time you label your thoughts thinking and just come back to the breathing you're learning a lesson each time you do that it's like a mini potential seed of insight each time you do that and so i would i would recommend internally saying thinking at the moment that you spontaneously recognize that your mind has wandered as a way of marking that transition point so i would keep that one
0: okay yeah and that's kind of how i feel too in the present and just noticing starting to learn how to notice the stuff coming in so okay so i'll keep that and then the bre- the counting i'm gonna go back and forth on that one or could i do it this way too if i'm just having really bad monkey mind then being like i'm gonna count because today is just too much thoughts
1: i think um, that works and i when i reflect on my own experience i've used it that way a lot it, it, in the times when i when breath counting was a part of my practice at the beginning, I think sometimes I would sit down and three or four minutes into a session, I would realize, wow, this is pretty chaotic and hectic. Maybe adding something like that right now would be a reasonable crutch for the moment.
0: Okay. So that yeah, I think that's what I'll do for this, this next week.
1: Great. And then there are two other things I'd like to talk about as well for the next week. Perfect. Yeah. Go for it. One is I'd like to give you another technique to maybe see if it could take the place of some of what we were trying to do with that four-step zoning-in technique. Mm -hmm. And this is a way of paying even more attention to the sensations of breathing that I'll talk about in just a moment. Tell me a little bit about how it is going right now with paying attention to the sensations of breathing and the, the feelings in your nose and at your nostrils associated with breathing what's that been like in your experience
0: yeah so with that i really do have to force it obviously i have to force it to get to the the nostril feeling every now and then i do catch myself paying attention to other parts of the breathing like the you know if if a pain comes up or an ache comes up as i'm breathing in then i'll focus on that for a few seconds but it is pretty difficult i have to constantly bring it back
1: is there a part of your breathe, is there a place in the body where you're naturally noticing the sensations of breathing more presently or louder than at the nose? Let
0: me think about that actually. Sometimes I think in my upper back when my when I breathe in and I, my chest kind of expands. I think sometimes I feel it there more mm-hmm. than the nostrils.
1: An experiment that you could do this week would be to try a session, maybe two if it seems like it went well the first time, of finding a different place in your body to pay attention to the sensations of breathing and see if it's easier to get into the feeling world by paying attention to some other part of your body. There's nothing magical about the nose. It does have certain benefits, I think, especially in terms of how kind of how much it changes the sensations around your nose as you're breathing. But if there's a place like your back where you're where the it's just more present or it's easier to tune into, I think it's okay to see if that might be a better focus. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'll put some thought into that. You're going to put some thought into feeling? Yeah, a, i guess i'll put some feeling
0: into feeling that's a, put some get get into it with feeling man yeah that is true that is so funny i yeah i'll put some feeling into the feeling yeah <laughs>
1: the the additional technique that i want to suggest you you might try over this week is another way of just trying to keep you present with the breathing and the sensations of breathing. And it is starting to divide the breathing into parts or starting to notice that the the natural flow of your breathing has different parts to it. There is the moment that the inhale begins and then there's the movement and the duration of the inhalation and then there's a natural gap or a pause at the end of the inhalation and then the beginning of an exhalation and that duration and then another gap at the end of that so okay there's that natural cycle of the in-breath and the out-breath with a a gap in either place and it's a little bit of a structure or a little bit of the, a little bit of detail on the cycle of the breathing that you can be aware of as you are paying attention to the sensations. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I'm familiar with that cycle mm-hmm. where you breathe in and then there's a pause and then breathe out, pause, breathe in.
1: Yeah. So previously where I was encouraging you to pay attention to the sensations of breathing as like a monolithic thing, just while you're breathing, pay attention to the sensations. I'm now encouraging you to get a little bit more detailed and a little bit more specific about how and when and where you're paying attention to them. What are they like on the inhale? And is there any difference from the beginning to the end? What are they like during the gap? What else might you notice at the various points in that cycle? So that, that's, a, that's one deeper engagement with the practice that you could add this week.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. And I, well, I do notice now that we're, I'm just even thinking about this. When I get anxious, I tend to hold my breath. I tend to, <laughs> I don't even realize, and I'll be like, oh, I got to breathe. I know what you're saying. But I'll feel just tight and I won't exhale and and i hold the breath quite a bit and that's one of the the triggers that i know oh I, I must be pretty anxious something's stressing me out right now i can definitely do that during meditation and put more thought into each part of that cycle sounds good sounds good
1: and then the one other thing that i would like you to start paying attention to and including in your relationship to meditation is really starting to pay attention to what could be called the post meditation experience Okay. What do you notice in the minutes after your meditation session? How does your mind and body feel? How can you tell that you've spent the last eight minutes paying attention to your present moment experience versus running around and doing any other thing? How does the meditation and the effects of the meditation start to bleed into the rest of your life? and yeah in the minutes right after the practice is one of the most potent places and times that you can pay attention to that but i would encourage you to find another additional scenario or setting in which you might start to also try to engage the type of present moment awareness and attention that you're cultivating so that could be while you're listening to your family talking it could be while you're doing the dishes or while you're in the shower to really engage the type of brilliant awareness that you are working with inside the practice and actually bringing that level of attention and focus outside of the practice does that make sense okay
0: that does and actually i'm glad you brought that up because I realized that that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you is transitioning out of it. You know, like today I was, I felt kind of rushed because I was, you know, the family was there. So it was like eight minutes done up and at them. Right. right. There was no transition out. And I feel like that subtracted a little bit from the experience because usually I can be like, oh, my eight minutes are done and I can sit there for a few minutes and kind of slowly come back if that makes sense
1: it does and that's this is exactly what i'm talking about noticing how your mind is affected on a day when you have to run right from meditation into some particular other thing versus a day when you can sit around or something in between like going for a 10 minute walk after your eight minute meditation and just noticing What is it like now if I transition from paying attention to the breathing to paying attention to my feet on the ground and how those feel as I walk or the air as it moves across my body and my face as I'm moving through space? But doing something that isn't just reengaging with the rest of reality, but is something like a bridge or an in-between step to really start to notice what is the mind of meditation and what is the mind of ordinary living
0: like and how might you start bridging these? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good exercise. I will definitely, I will definitely do that. And I'll start with when I come out of it, slowly tapering out of the meditation into regular day life. And then I do often go for walks. So I will definitely incorporate that in there. Yeah. And then I'll see if I can randomly just incorporate it throughout the day. Yeah, that sounds really good. And in particular, I just remember one of the times that you had
1: mentioned in the, in a previous episode that could be a great cue for that is at a moment when you notice that your posture is some particular way slouching or something like that, and you, and you pick yourself up, and that could be a perfect moment to also just tune into whatever else is going on in the present moment, whatever, what else can you tune into right now that's different from whatever stuck in the past stuck in the future other place you were at that
0: moment yeah that was with my back aching yeah yeah i will definitely do that i'll use that as a trigger yeah
1: and i think that's that all everything that we've gone over is plenty for another week how does, it, how does that feel to you, what,
0: what, what you've got on your plate for, for this next week? It feels manageable and, and good, and it's not too overwhelming. So I think I can easily do that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Good. We'll try to see how it goes. This all feels to me like it's coming together really beautifully. If,
1: if you remember the surfboard analogy that I think I've used before,
0: you can't really
1: do much in surfing or paddleboarding until you can learn how to get up on the board and maintain your balance. And in a certain way, the same is true of meditation, that a certain amount of focus and familiarity and having your attention and your awareness working together is going to be required for any of the amazing further things that you can do with meditation. And I think you're doing a great job of building a foundation of that and working on that really intelligently bit by bit. That's how I'm seeing things right now for you.
0: I look forward to seeing you next week and hearing more about how it's going. Once again, thank you for listening to our podcast. And those of you that have taken time to leave reviews and contact us through Instagram, thank you. You can see the show notes at stuckbrainpodcast.com. You can also visit us on Instagram at stuckbrainpodcast and you can leave what topics you wanna hear next.